1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details.
2: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yes sir, yes sir, sports to the max is on the air on this, the fifth month of of winter. 2022. I'm Mike Max, and we'll bring it to you throughout. Hope you enjoyed this past weekend. Hope you had time to enjoy it. But I have, I have a question that supersedes some of that, and, and, and is this. Do you think, do you really think that referees and officials make calls that they are, know are not to be true or accurate because they don't like one team or the other? Have you ever participated in a game where you are convinced that a referee or an umpire made a call or calls against you simply because they didn't like you, because there was some personal reason, some vendetta, some whatever? Do do you think that that's honestly true, that referees enter games Or maybe during the course of a game, they develop some sense of, I do not want this person to succeed or this team to succeed. And I will do whatever it is I can do under my control. Or maybe even they try to hide it and camouflage it in such a way that no one knows what they're doing, but you figured it out and you know what they're doing. Have you ever had that happen to you? Do you believe that that happens in sport? 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. Now, I got to tell you, I've played a ton of sports in my life. Football and basketball and baseball in high school and basketball and baseball in college and in the amateur league since then. I, I don't know that I ever thought that someone was intentionally trying to do something wrong. I did believe from time to time that they were intimidated by the other team. Maybe they were intimidated by the team that I was playing on. We got calls too, but you never see it that way. You just think, well, that's the way it's supposed to be when you get the call. But I And, and I umpired for four years. And, and And I can remember thinking, I really don't like this person or this team, but I'm not going to try to change the strike zone because of that. I don't ever remember doing that or thinking that, independent of th- th- how you felt about that person or that team. But there are there is a segment of the population that believes that there is intentionality by referees or officials that, that really do want to see one team win over the other. Now, case in point, this is going on right now with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies. And, and there's, there's a debate now that is being fueled. And part of it is somebody said that the game the other night, how could Memphis have like four guys, four starters with four fouls in the third quarter or whatever it was? It's almost impossible that four of their key players could all have that many fouls at the same time. And then that leads to this whole conspiracy theory. That the league needs more games, and they need to balance it out, so they need to get that series to 2-2, so they at least go six games. And and, and you get into this whole kind of messy whatever it is. So their coach, the Memphis coach, takes umbrage with it, and he he calls out the referees. Now, he knows that he's going to get fined when he does this. He knows that. It costs him 15 grand. But he believes, plus the team might pay it anyway, but he believes that that is the greater good in that coming to game five, he wants to put the referees on notice that he does not think his team's getting calls, okay So he wants them that he wants that in the back of their mind. I think that's gamesmanship more than it's anything else. I don't even know that he would actually believe that his team wasn't getting the calls as much as he would like to see the game called a different way that is more in line with the style of his team, if that makes sense. And he wants to make them aware that that Timberwolves players are doing this or that to, to get whatever advantage it is that they can extract. Now, that's a little bit different, I think, than saying, I want the Timberwolves to win this game so it's two games to two and we have a bigger TV audience on Wednesday night, national, or Tuesday night, nationally. Anyway, so this starts to fester. Now, Patrick Beverly said there, now he's played in the league for 10 years. He said, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. Uh-uh. He says, I've seen this before. I know what he's trying to do to us. I know that he's trying to call attention to the fact that he wants the, the game refereed a certain way tomorrow night. So, Beverly, being a 10 year veteran, says, We need to call that coach out. Before this thing takes on a life of its own. In other words, we need to let the referees know that we know what it is that he's trying to do. So that when the referees think about this series and this game tomorrow night, game five, this pivotal game five, they understand that we also have a beef about some calls that we didn't get. And it's not just their coach. See, he sees this and he says, "I want if he's going to implant it in the referees' minds, then we're going to implant it in the referees' minds. So that they we feel that we've been treated unfairly as well. So today, the Timberwolves have a practice. I go out there this morning, they're, they're having practice, right? And Beverly meets the media. And in the course of the conversation, I don't even believe the question, the initial question that was directed had anything to do with officiating of the referees. I think Beverly was waiting for the time, and he was going to find a way to work this into his dialogue. Here now, Patrick Beverly on this series and some follow-ups on what he thinks.
1: Yeah, trying to make them compete on both ends. I mean, that's the key. Uh, i seen the, uh, the interview with Coach Jenkins about the referees. Very interesting there, especially due to the fact that they, I think they shot like 42 free throws the first time we played them. And I don't think Coach Finch uh, complained at all. You know, took it. We won. You know, he took it on. The, you know, chin. You know, uh, two fouls and driving around both games. Won in game three. I take charges both games for a third foul. I don't. I don't get the call. You know, but we're not up here complaining. You know, about referees. I think the referees are in a tough position as it is already. You know, and coming from a young coach, that's just something that you don't do. You know, me being in this league for for a decade, that's just something that you don't do, especially during playoff time. So. Uh, I was kind of confused a little bit about that.
2: Might you mention that to him or?
1: No, uh, that's, i mentioned it to you guys. I'm pretty sure you're going to put it out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you don't have to? Yeah,
3: I don't have to. It was
2: only fine. $15,000. Yeah. Yeah, only $15,000 for that. But you see what Beverly did? He said, okay, you're going to punch me there. I'll counter you this way. And I don't know, but th- there are people that believe. That leagues control referees, referees control games. By controlling games, they try to extract the most out of. Now, but you can take it to a lower level. Have you ever been in a high school game or a junior high game where you were competing or coaching or parent where you were sure that the referee out there didn't want to see you win? Six five one four six one nine two two six six five one four six one nine two two six. Have you ever participated in something when you said? That referee truly does not want to see us win. And you can get into a whole bunch of to- interesting topics here because, you know, many times, especially at the lower levels, junior high, JV, you might be going to a school where they provide the referees and the umpires. And then you get into this whole argument about, I can remember they'd go well. Yeah, since we're providing the referees and the umpires, they're going to make sure that they don't—they're not biased towards us and they screw us over. I mean, I have—I've sat in dugouts and been around where people have gone at nauseam, thinking that somebody was intentionally trying to screw this team or that team. But is it true? Six five one four six one nine two two six six five one four six one nine two two six. Sports to the Max on WCCO. Hey, you know what it is this, this month? I mean, some of you guys, people know this. It's Ram Truck Month at Dodge or Burnsville. Now, that means a lot of things. But the thing that it means right now is that customers are taking the initiative and building the truck of their dreams in detail, in detail, to their specs to fit their needs at the King of Ram. They're picking the trim, the color, the equipment, the technology. How cool is that? That's what you can do at Dodger Burnsville right now. Now, on top of that, <laughs> I called them on this twice. I said, are you sure these are the prices? You can lease a new 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn quad cab for 469 a month or lease a new 2022 Ram 1500 Warlock quad cab for 329 a month. And they said, yeah, Mike, that's real. That That is the real deal. Whoa. I don't know how they make any money on that, but that's what they're doing for you. Mike Neeson's a service manager. He knows that if you got to get in and out, you got to do it quickly, efficiently. If you book it, you don't want to be waiting there for long. And so they got the express line out there so you can go right through, figure it out, get the oil changed, get the tires rotated. All those things that you just need to do in the maintenance uh, of your vehicle. It's right off of 35W and Cliff Road in Burnsville. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Build the truck the way you want it built, the color that you want, everything that you want, and then it just feels like an extension of yourself. Yeah, it's pretty cool. KingofRam.com. That's KingofRam.com. That's Dodge Ram in Burnsville. Uh, do you think that referees and umpires intentionally root for one team or the other and make calls on behalf of because of what they believe, because they cheer for, because they're intimidated? by? I don't know why. But, but do you truly believe that, that that that's a part of our fabric, not just at the major league level, but down at the lower levels? And have you seen it up close? There's got to be a good story or two out there from someone. You know, the referee that told him five years ago the day I screwed you on purpose I didn't like your coach, whatever it is. There's got to be a good story or two out there in CCO land regarding this because these things don't just happen. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Here's a text regarding referee topics. This is a joke. Every set of umpires for all Twins versus New York Yankee playoff games. Yeah, I can see where you'd say that. That the fact that they have better pitching and hitting than the Twins would probably um, have determined those. <clears throat> I'm curious Steinbach's gonna be on this day. Well, i ask him. He's a catcher. If he ever thought that anybody was intentionally uh, trying to do something like that. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Has it ever happened to you? Did you ever believe it to be true? Did you ever find out later it was true? And do you believe that it happens in the NBA? Let's go to Brian in St. Paul. Brian, you're on Sports to the Max.
4: Yeah, I I don't believe it happens in the NBA. I think the best referees, pro-wise, are the NHL officials and the NBA officials, mainly because those sports are so fast, it's almost impossible to referee perfectly, especially NBA basketball. I do think, though, certain teams of referees, especially in the NBA, I don't know much about NHL, but in the NBA, I think they may referee a game differently. Some are a little more likely to call fouls than others in certain circumstances, but it's not directed against any team or individual. It's more that that's the way that group referees the NBA game.
2: I, I that's think that's right. fair, and, 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 and so it might look like it's tilted against one team, but it might just be that team's style lines up with the way a referee calls a game, is what you're saying.
4: Absolutely, and I actually think the coaches, NBA coaches, know this, and I'm, I'd be surprised if they don't mention it to their players. They do. you know. They look at the
2: referees before a game. D'Angelo Russell says that. He says, you always need to know who's refereeing the game. And you got to think about Absolutely. that. And then he said you also, in the first three minutes, you got to figure out how are they calling it that night. So is You're that unfair right. or fair? That you, but that's just part of the game.
4: Exactly, because referees are human. Yeah. But not, I, no way in a pro sport can a referee get away with deliberately screwing somebody. You know, they're going to miss bad calls. It just happens.
2: It's a fast game. It's a fast game, and these guys are darn near in, uh, not human. They're so good. Thank you for – They're
4: huge, right? Yeah. That's the other thing. And Hard they're agile.
2: Stuff. Yeah. Brian, yeah. thank you for your call. 651-461-9226. Um, I don't know. I still think Drew Pearson probably pushed off, but I think the referee just missed it. I don't think he intentionally missed it. I think he just missed it. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Do you think this happens in the NBA? Do you think this happens in your son's high school game? Let's go to Brad in Duluth on line two. Brad, you're on.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, good question. Uh, I have memories uh, on this topic. Uh, do you remember when Seattle was playing Green Bay and the immaculate uh, interception? They yeah. called on behalf of Seattle. You remember that? Yeah, part? but
2: refresh our memories because it was a strange play.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was a toss to the end zone, Russell Wilson. Yep. Or, uh, anyway, um, the Packer defender went up and caught the ball, but then on his way down, the Seattle receiver grabbed it from his arms, and one referee called it incomplete or an interception, and the other referee called it a touchdown. Yep. So they were standing right there. Both of them had their eyeballs right on the situation. So obviously one referee was wrong, and it took a while to deliberate. The point is, within a few weeks of that moment, I was in San Francisco and I'm walking down on uh, you know the waterfront, and I recognized one of the referees.
2: You really did? You imagine. recognized the referee? Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't want to. I didn't want to mention any names. You're right. You don't have uh, to. Yeah. Okay, I mentioned, I said to him, I said, you know, I saw that play.
2: Oh, were those uh, those replacement officials? That's what got the deal done. Now I remember, right? But anyway, you finish your story and I'll follow up, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's very simple. He was with his wife and daughter. Yeah. And I recognized him. Of course, he was in civilian clothes. And I said, you're such and so. And he said, yeah. And I said, you know, I think you do a great job. But I said you owe one to the Packers. I'm a Packer fan. I said, you owe one to the Packers. Next time I'm watching you in a Packer game, I think you owe us one. And he laughed. But I was watching a Packer game weeks later, and there was a judgment call that this particular umpire called for the Packers. And I said, son of a gun. Maybe he remembered me.
2: (laughs) Well, I hope that somebody from the Packers reached out to you and sent you a nice gift. (laughs) Well, that's my little secret. I, I,
3: I hesitated to call in because I don't want anyone to make a big deal out of it.
2: But, but you did you get know. the Packers a win. That's important. I said good. Now now you're going to tell me it was against the Vikings, right?
3: No, it wasn't. It wasn't against the Vikings.
2: Okay, well, then we it don't was care. It a holding
3: call. In you know, a lot of those holding calls, they could let go. Sometimes they call them. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. But it was a pivotal moment, and he called a holding call, and I was like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. Thank you for your call. You bet. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Now, now Tubbs, he just handed me a piece of paper, and and and, and th- this is where that I think that becomes a little fragmented because, as I recall, Tubbs, you're right. They they, they that game, they were in the middle of replacement officials, right? So the other, and, yeah. and that game was the greatest piece of leverage that the NFL referees that were sitting out, locked out or on strike, whatever it was, had because when when, when that happened. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they get the deal done real quick thereafter? Yeah, yeah. because, I mean, it, it was such a major snafu
5: because you had the picture with one official calling yeah, a touchdown. at the exact same time. The, the other, other one was an interception, so it's like, I, I mean, it was just, it was the worst-case scenario for the NFL, and, and you realize, yeah, it wasn't too long after that that they're like, yeah, we can't let these college and and, you know, just – ragtag fill in officials we can't
2: we got to get a deal done there, there may be there may be an upper echelon of officials is what they learned there there could yeah. be yeah yeah now, now here's where the officials have it made the referees okay uh, especially in the NFL where they replay every everything it's a zero-sum game so mm-hmm. anything less than perfect and you're going to be deemed a bad referee so yes every week the replacement officials as do all officials, would have, you know, there are four or five calls. And every time that someone would see a bad call, they'd say, see those replacement officials. So it was the greatest leverage that the NFL referees could have because there's no way the replacement officials can, and if they do get it right, they're mm-hmm. supposed to get it right, right? Yeah, it was so, a no-win situation. Yeah, so every time you get one wrong, they say, look at those damn officials, they don't know what they're doing, replacement officials, this league deserves. And then they mm-hmm. got the deal done. But you're right, it was it was that game. I'm glad you brought that up, that, that led to, or at least they sat down there shortly thereafter and they had their regular referees. Yeah,
5: because, I mean, fans get caught up in their feelings all the time when you're watching your team play. I I get it. I understand. I mean, fan is short for fanatic. I understand we're going to get emotional when we're watching our team, but officials are out there to do a job. I mean, I, I really believe that unless you're Tim Donaghy, you really don't have any rooting interest to screw one team over another, um, because your reputation's on the line. I mean, if well, you if you don't do a good job, you're not going to get any more
2: opportunities. And this is where they've cleaned up the major league game. Mm-hmm. They 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 are. You are now evaluated. You're evaluated every pitch. You're evaluated every call you make. Uh, At nauseum. and in that GTAia. information's made public too. Like everybody and, and, knows it. And, and the one thing they won't do is if they suspend a referee, you you'd have to follow it real closely to realize that they were suspended because they'll, they'll they'll do it, but they'll do it on the QT. You know, they don't want people to know who got suspended and who didn't. You know. But that being said, um you are so scrutinized from your league office now and graded so strictly, and to stay in the league, yeah, you you need to make. The correct calls. Now, are there times uh, you mentioned, Danny? You know, Allen Iverson. They said they used to have a bet: uh, who will take the longest before they ever call foul on Allen Iverson because they they did, couldn't stand him crying. And I I think that's despicable if that's true. Uh, but that was an allegation made mm-hmm. uh, by a former referee. Now, here's a text that says: I think the potentially more serious problem is the possibility of referees gambling on college and pro games. Obviously, that would be a problem. Again, they go to great lengths at that level to make sure that that doesn't happen, number one. Number two, you might not know this, but but they do background checks. And one of the things that they want to know is how well healed are these referees that they're bringing in. And the theory is the more money a person has that's getting into refereeing, the more attractive they are to the league because the less vulnerable they are to gambling, yeah, to somebody's you know sneaking them whatever it is under the table to fixing a game, all those things, uh, the more uh, uh, the more ways that you know they're not going to impact the game as much. Uh, at least there's less chance of that temptation if if they've got a good job and they make some money. Yeah. Now, Dark Star always used to maintain <laughs> <laughs> to Sid Hartman. <laughs> now, this is Dark's theory. Okay. I'm just- Dark's theory was that Sid would bet the over-unders and the Minneapolis Lakers and that and that the way you control that is with your timekeeper that they weren't watching that close during those days and you'd go fast clock or slow clock depending on if you needed points or not. That was his theory. Now, Dark had a lot of theories and, and Dark kind of believed that everything was a conspiracy. He did. He believed that everybody <laughs> – was built like him, where you look to profit off of every situation that you see. Everything's an opportunity. Everything's an opportunity, and he believed everybody was in cahoots with everybody else. And he and Sid, you should just have some knocked out. God, I missed those guys. Those were fun arguments. When we come back, Terry Steinbach breaking down the Twins and much more on Sports to the Max of WCCO.